Good evening. And as always, I want to thank you <clears throat> for watching this evening. <clears throat> Sorry about the close up there. Wasn't a pretty picture. But uh, I pray that you have uh, survived the storm and the uh, uh, bad weather and then also the beautiful day that has come out of that back and forth. And so uh, I thought maybe I'd mow and then I thought, no, I don't think I'll mow. And then I, I'm glad I didn't mow and then it got sunny. And I thought maybe I will mow and didn't mow. So I just ended up working. But uh, hello, Sheila, how are you? Uh, tonight, as we continue through the book of Judges, uh, we are fastly, which is not a word, I should say quickly, approaching the end of Judges. And if you're familiar with your books of the Bible, um, Judges gives way to a very special little book by the title of Ruth. And so as I have been praying about where we go next, we're just going to jump right in to the book of Ruth. And uh, I think you'll be blessed by that. Um, but I just wanted to kind of give you a heads up on where we are going to be going. Uh, tonight, I want to talk to you as we continue through this story about confessing or hiding. Now, I think a lot of us, when we hear that word confessing, we think of a confessional booth in the Catholic Church. But tonight, that's not the kind of confessing I'm talking about in that sense. Tonight, I want to talk to you about admitting when you've done wrong. You say, oh, preacher, I don't have a problem with that. I'm always willing to admit when I'm wrong. Well, I want to say this tonight, that every human being on the planet struggles with admitting wrong or admitting when the people that they love are wrong. And so quick recap, and we'll jump right in. A city full of people defile and cause a young lady to die. Her husband responds by wickedly cutting her body up, sending it throughout Israel. The children of Israel come together and say, we are all of one mind. It's time for us to deal with this situation. And tonight I want to show you that the children of Israel didn't just go to war. The children of Israel did what was right and gave the Benjamite people, which was the tribe of this town who committed this atrocity, they gave them the chance to admit something wrong had been done and to give them the ones who had caused this problem. You see, I want to read this to you in verse 12. Then the tribes of Israel sent men through all the tribe of Benjamin, saying, What is this wickedness that has occurred among you? Now therefore deliver up the men, the perverted men who are in Gibeah, that we may put them to death and remove the evil from Israel. But the children of Benjamin would not listen. 
to the voice of their brethren, the children of Israel. So I want you to think about this. There were 12 tribes of Israel, 12 descendants of Jacob. And each one of those tribes, whether it would have been the tribe of Judah or the tribe of Dan or the tribe of Benjamin, they would have came from one of the descendants of Jacob. And so they are referred to many times in that way. They would have been loyal to one another. They would have um, worshipped together, uh, tried to marry together. Uh, they would have tried to stay together in those tribes. They would have each had certain areas of the promised land that would have been theirs to live in. And so Gilead was a city of the tribe of Benjamin. And so the other 11 tribes sent a message to them saying, please find the people who have done this, bring them to us so they can be punished for what they have done. I believe the Bible teaches that the death penalty is okay in certain situations. It says there to remove the wickedness from Israel. You see, that's why I believe the Bible teaches in certain situations it's okay because um, it deters people from doing the crime in the future. But anyway, that's a whole nother lesson for a whole nother day. See, in this moment, the tribe of Benjamin could have said, yes, this one group of people that are our family, that are our loved ones, have done something wrong and they should suffer the consequences. That's what could have happened. That was the nation of Israel being reasonable. But what do you think they did? Do you think they were willing to give up their family? They were willing to give up those that they cared about? You see, I think the biggest struggle that you and I ever have as Christians is being willing to be faithful to God when the people that we love aren't right with God. Now, I don't mean that in the sense that our family and friends are lost. I mean when our friends and family who are saved fall into sin or have done something they shouldn't done. It's in those moments where the struggle to be loyal to God or loyal to our families, really the rubber hits the road. That's where you and I have to get serious about our faith. Am I willing to lovingly correct the people that I love? Am I willing to lovingly disagree with those that I love because they're wrong? You see, that's, I think, the hardest thing in a marriage. As a husband, I have to do what's right even if my wife is at fault. My wife has to do what is right even if I am at fault. Right is right or wrong is wrong, whether it's my children or not doesn't mean I don't love them or don't love them. It doesn't mean that I don't want them to have consequences for their actions. But the Bible says that if I want the blessing of God and to please God, I have to be willing to be loyal to Him and Him alone. And so the children of Benjamin could have said, we hate this, we're sorry for this, we don't want this, but it's what God wants. But I want to show you their response. And I want to show you how this applies to our relationship with Jesus. 
Look what it says in verse 17. Now besides Benjamin, oh, excuse me, in verse 14, instead the children of Benjamin gathered together from their cities to Gibeah to go to battle against the children of Israel. And from their cities at that time, the children of Benjamin numbered 26,000 men who drew the sword besides the inhabitants of Gibeon, who numbered 700 select. And we're going to stop right here. Because what happens is 700 men were responsible for this wicked atrocity that happened in Israel. But 26,000 of their brethren came, it doesn't say to defend them, it says to attack Israel. You see, I think that word there is significant. Because when we feel that we or the people that we love have been wronged, we don't just get defensive. We go in attack mode. It's kind of like a mother bear when you mess with her cub in the wild. But I say this tonight because even though it is natural to protect the people we love, defend the people we love, stand up for the people we love, and we should. We just talked about what happened to this man's wife. But we have to be careful that our loyalty is first to God and what He says. You see, in the New Testament, in regards to that sin in my life or in your life, all of us sin. All of us fall short. All of us make mistakes. Me, you, my wife, your, your spouse. But the Bible says, and it gives us this promise, that our failures and sins don't define us. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, the Bible says these words, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. As a pastor, I make mistakes. I, I sin. I, I forget things. I overlook things. I can be selfish. I, I, I can do that. And as a husband, I, I can be sinful and selfish. As a father, as a friend, the sin in my life does not define me. I can come to God and confess those sins, and He promised to forgive them. And friends, tonight I want you to hear that. You can find that forgiveness and love and hope no matter what you've done, no matter how bad things have gotten, no matter how big of a blunder you've made. But don't be like the children of Benjamin. Don't cover it up. Don't try to fight against it. Because listen to what Proverbs 28 says. Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. Friends, tonight, it doesn't matter if it's me, you, your wife, your neighbor, your Sunday school teacher, if it's wrong and God's Word says it's wrong and it's sinful, don't defend that. But friends, be careful that when you and I are wrong, that we don't demand loyalty from the people we care about and make them guilty by association. And I say this, and I'm going to give away tomorrow night's lesson. What started with the punishment of 700 men ended up costing all 26,000 of these men their life. You see, that's how sin is. It might be my sin, 
But if my wife goes along with me, it's now my sin and it's affected her. And not only does that, my sin that affects her, then it affects my children. Then my sin affects my children and my wife and then how families are. Then I tell my family and then my it affects my parents and my siblings. And then if I continue to tell it, then it affects me and my wife and my children and my family and then the church. You see, that's how this goes. But tonight, don't miss this as I close. And I know I'm a couple minutes over. Confess to the Lord and make it right. Don't drag yourself and others around you down because of the sin in your life and in mine that I'm not willing to deal with or that you're not willing to deal with. Because tonight, God wants to refresh. God wants to forgive. God wants to give your marriage a fresh start. Your children, a new dad, a new mom, a new relationship but it only comes through forgiveness. So don't be like the Benjamites. Don't be like the Gilead people. Let God deal with the sin in your life and in mine and let us be loyal to him. And so as always, I pray that the Lord will bless you and that he'll use these devotions to help you and your family as you try to serve Jesus. And again, I'm sorry for going a few minutes over tonight. And as always, I, if the Lord is willing uh, and the rapture doesn't happen, I look forward to seeing you tomorrow night. God bless.